0: G'day and welcome to Dog Talk. I'm Dan Camilleri.
1: And I'm Laura McKillop. We'd like to start by thanking Enduro for their ongoing support in bringing you our live weekly Q&A. Tonight we're fortunate enough to be speaking with Jeff McDougall from McDougall's Working Kelpies and Collies.
0: Jeff will be picking who he thinks has asked the best question of the night and they will win a bag of Enduro plus high energy food for working dogs with real kangaroo meat.
1: Hey, Jeff, how are you going?
0: Not bad. How's
1: Yeah, good, thank you.
0: Not too bad, mate. How how's your
2: day, mate? what did you get up to? Yeah, just drafted a few stock this morning, and uh, yeah, we got a bit too wet for the rest of the day. But um, yeah, got got a start anyway. And yeah, wet and cold and windy, no doubt. Yep, yeah, yeah, real traditional winter. Um, good to have a wet one.
0: That, absolutely, mate. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Where you're from? What you
2: do? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm from Hay. with uh, have We've been here since uh, 2009 um, been lost uh, a livestock business uh, with nutrient uh, we uh, sell you know sheep cattle goats mainly um, we also um, yeah cover a fair area with uh, carry a few dogs with us as we go and some places uh, want dogs and some places don't want dogs but uh, they're always there when we need them um predominantly i do yard you know yard work uh with the dogs you don't get a lot of paddock jobs but um occasionally there's a there's something uh running a bit late and you need to get the dogs around the paddock to bring them in but yeah there's not uh there's not too much paddock work
0: and those jobs where you um
2: they don't want dogs there mate, How have those jobs blow out a bit or how's that look um no we just some jobs you know you go to the you know there's a lot of there's a lot of stock to draft so you, know, you um yeah, you know the dogs get a fair workout then you um you're always bringing them forward and and um you know i'm, I'm only on the draft guide so it's pretty hard to uh do anything but work one really from the, yeah. from the front but um you can't keep an eye on the ones in the back but yeah if someone's helping me i might get them on the draft and and not you know i can get a chance to work the dogs yeah, yeah.
1: and did you grow up in hay
2: or um no i grew up in um in North Queensland, a uh, place called Bluff Downs at um, Charter's Towers on the Basalt River. Uh, my father uh, and mother were there. They managed a, a cattle station there at Downs. it's Downs. Uh, it was uh, yeah, mainly um, a, a place for the Queensland stations that uh, bred bulls for the Gulf Country. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was pretty well all cattle. Uh, it was, odd, it was odd working dog there in those days there wasn't a lot of working dogs there but um always used to listen to dad's uh, yarns on um, working dogs and always I was always uh, had my ears pricked and always wanted to do it one day mm-hmm. you know
1: so did you have anything to do with horses then?
2: yeah had a lot to do with horses um yeah we used to handle a lot of young horses and yeah learned to break horses in later on um when I got older and um, yeah did a little bit of that when I was younger. Yeah, it was mad mad for horses at the time as well
0: yeah right so how,
2: how did how do you get down the hay mate um yeah well um predominantly, uh on the land by working on properties and uh and managing managing properties uh sort of took us around the place we were in uh sort of new south wales queensland south australia and victoria managed places there and then in 2007 um Blake uh, told me uh, would have liked to take on the stock agency job, and it was a good opportunity at the time. And uh, yeah, took it on, and have yeah, done that ever since. Uh, we started up in Hillston, and then we moved down to Hay.
1: Beautiful. And did you ever consider doing anything else, or sort of just fell into it? And
2: uh, livestock agency. Yeah. 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 No. Um, no. I never, never ever gave it a thought in the past, but. Um, yeah. Once I got, once I got into doing it, yeah, I really enjoyed it and yeah, I've started doing it ever since. Um, but yeah, it does have, it's really busy times and yeah, other times it's, you know, you, you, you know, good, good crazy days. Yeah. What are you doing on the crazy days, mate? Are you pulling your feet up earlier or looking for more work? <laughs> oh, no, you know, just um, you're under the pump in the, in the spring and you know, you're, you're seven days a week, you know, working full days and and yeah you know you might get one or two jobs a day during the crazy times but uh yeah it's, uh, it's not as mad as the spring the spring's really full on so yeah. yeah
0: and traveling around mate you mentioned nearly most of the country there um any where did you prefer to work the most and why in terms of locality
2: uh um, yeah just well i was working with uh whatever company i was with i got sort of when i was first started out as an overseer I was at um, the Brigalos Corinda. And that's probably when I first got into dog trailing. Uh there and um and then we got transferred to Durham Bandy And we yeah, it was good trolling up in Queensland, so saw a lot of um old trailers now that aren't around that um yeah, that are that old legends. And that was good to to know those and uh see those blokes operate. And um and then yeah, when we when they sold up up at uh, Durham we end up going to South Australia, working on a place called Collinsville Marino Stud, and um, yeah, that was a good experience down there. And then there was another another lot of trials we met down there, and, and trolling in that and around Barra, and that was only pretty new in those days. They they hadn't really done many uh, affiliated yard trials, so uh, yeah, that was interesting at the start. She was uh, Rafferty's rules there to start with, but. Um, once they've got them affiliated, they uh, got it on track. Yeah.
1: And do you see a difference in the way people work dogs at all those different places, or are they relatively the same or big differences? Oh,
2: there was a big difference in, uh, in, the, in the early days. Like, um, um, you know, I started in 89 in their courses and everything. We're in sort of Ningen and Coba, Walgett, Warren, Dubbo, those courses were uh didn't have a lot of trucks or anything in the courses in those days and and once you went down around uh bathurst and those areas where the sort of yard trolling really started they were you know you worked a lot more sheep you know 20 25 sheep uh, trucks and big races and big weathers and and uh you know there was a lot tougher down there when you didn't know what uh what you were doing in those days but um yeah, you gradually, gradually uh, went to those and learned a bit more. And, and as you get along, as you got a bit older and uh, wiser, you, yeah, and you got your dogs a bit better. You were able to compete. Yeah. And
0: was there just when you started out, like as a young jackaroo, and worked your way through? Did you have someone that inspired you, or someone you went, "Oh, I want to handle stock or or dogs like that particular person?"
2: Oh yeah. Once I um, once I started jackarooing and. On the sheep place, you know, I got my first kelpie, and and uh, and then there was you know the overseers, and uh, that there at the time they they had good dogs, and one of the blokes I was working with, he had an exceptionally good dog, and um, you know I was just keen to learn off those blokes, and and uh, you know uh, there was a bit of a bit of a competition between the other jackarees. You wanted you were trying to get your pups trained up as quick as you could to, to get up there, but um, you know, I soon realised I didn't have the right the right dog and and uh once I got in uh I met John White, who wasn't far away. Uh yeah, John was a big big influence on um on getting us on uh, into trolle and, and uh and the right the right dogs and bought a bought a pup off John as well and um yeah he was pretty supportive and and, and really encouraging to get, get us there, get us out there in the first place and uh and uh, yeah, no, he was he was fantastic in the early days, um, and then he sort of from there we got into a variety of trial and three sheep mainly because we are in Duramendi. It was wasn't many yard trials. It was mainly three sheep's and um, and a bit of cattle trial. Uh, so that was good. Get exposed to all those those uh, disciplines and. Um, and then from Durham bernie there we could, we weren't too far from the new england so we got down there to go know all the new england blokes at the time uh, so we we could go we used to mainly go down the new england and then if you want to get to a yard trial and, and in the early days in queensland we, the Durham durmini working dog club was um there was about five members uh five blokes there that and if you want to have a yard trial those five fellows drove to that town Unpack the yards, set them up, uh, unload, unload the truck, run the <laughs> trawl, judge the trial, packed it all up, load the sheep, and then come home. So
0: oh,
2: it was, it was pretty hard work um, just to run a trial. If someone, someone's wanted to set one up and run it for us, we uh, we we thought it was great. Gunner Windy was probably the only one that used to uh, do it themselves, and um, but yeah, the rest we we sort of had to go and set them up um but yeah then the three shapes uh they were you know we always uh those courses were all been around for years so those blokes you know had their own clubs but uh the the actual queensland um yard dog uh club was really was really just a subcommittee of the of the sort of queensland three shape because we just wasn't enough of us yeah right here. yeah a pretty dedicated group of blokes there. Yeah, it was at the time. Yeah, no, they're all sort of retired. Those fellas now, and still keeping contact. Yeah, it's
1: awesome. But, uh, so, oh, you go. Sorry, that's all right. You keep
2: going. Uh yeah, I no, just saying. Yeah, no, they all, uh, you yeah, know, they were all our, uh, you know, blokes that either managed or were contractors in the day, and all, uh, all good stockmen in their own right. Yeah so who and what was your first dog um like i said i had this dog he was uh he's probably uh, out of the bush by hard riding really but he was uh a black and tan Kirby called drugs of all things (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah he was uh he was he was just the dog really when i look back but uh but once i uh I got onto a red and tin uh, bitch a bloke that was working there, it came from uh, down to Victoria, bought an elephant bale bitch up called Bo. And um, she was mainly yard. And um, so I got on with, started with her. And then once I moved to the Brigolos to be a um, overseer there, that's when I uh, got a bitch called Meg, uh, Gadsby's Meg. And she, she was the one that really got me going ahead she was um, uh, good in the yards and handy enough outside and she went on to get, you know, be pretty competitive in the yard dog trial and, and out of her, I mated her to um, White's Knapp uh, who was um, a dog by marker which was uh, a famous bloodline with, with Burrumbuggy Mac and those bloodlines so um, he... Uh, that cross ended up getting me um uh four really good pups out of that and and we went on and did that mating one more time and uh i got a good real good bitch out of that called mcdougal's mystic and she was very good three sheep uh, uh bitch as well and um she once went to kanamala uh at, i think she was uh what was she 18 or 16 months of age and I didn't really have much levers on her, but she won the novice. She won the open. And a brother won the improver. And they had a yard trial, open yard trial there, and the mother won the open. So it was a, a good, good day, right? that boy. Yeah, yeah. So Meg was yeah, Meg won the open yard the there. So that was yeah, the start of that line of the Kelpies. And um and also at the same time I I had a uh, border colleague bitch called Sadie. Um and I worked with a bloke called John Naden who had a, uh, a View trim. I bought a collie. He was a really, a really good station dog. And I made it decided to trim and I bred a dog called McDougal's Butch. And um, he ended up being uh, a real all-rounder. He could work anything from uh, cattle, sheep or goats and be competitive in any field. Um, and um, yeah, he ended up being probably the best dog I've ever owned. Yeah. Who did you learn the most from? He was, he was probably the one I learned the most from, yeah. Yeah. And what do you reckon he taught you, mate? Yeah, he just taught me a bit of patience and, yeah. um, and uh, he had a very cool mind, um, a lot of, you know, he was a very uh, strong, calm, strength, strength type of dog with a lot of presence on sheep, but he knew how to use his presence, he could turn it off and turn it on. Um, and um you know uh when he was only when he was only a really young dog he was pretty keen he's about 18 months old we took him to Roma, and uh he won the novice australian cattle dog trial on a score of 99. only had one run yeah. yeah. and uh he got fifth in the novice three sheep and i think he got second or third in open yard so he was and he was only really young then so that so you had a bit of potential then so yeah a bit of dog there yeah yeah so um but he he ended up uh, uh going on to win um uh, you know a fair few trolls he won a lot you know probably 22 or so open trolls and uh yard dog trolls he's won no, he won you know, a couple of open cattle dog trolls and um placed in a few uh, he won a novice three sheep once, but um yeah, that we never got to win an open three sheep with him. He was just a bit too much too much present. You had to work it, work out too wide. Yeah. Um but uh you know he uh, yeah he was he, he was New South Wales yard, dog with the year ninety nine and two thousand so he was uh, he was a handy dog. Yeah. I bet he got out of a,
0: got you out of a heap of shit at home or at work as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, he was he was uh, one of those dogs you could do any job with, yeah. And do you have a particular
0: type or style of dog that you prefer?
2: Um, yeah, well, I've always um, just like a dog that's um, that that definitely got a head number one and go to the head. And uh, I like them to have um, a bit of effect on their sheep. And I don't mind if they're a, you know, a positive type dog that you know wants to wants to get come forward and take take the job on and, and cover and hold at the same time yeah
1: beautiful and what about you the team you got around you these days what what's in that
2: oh yeah well we sort of uh had about a 10 year break in between not from from and altogether we only had a couple of dogs and and my young father was right into his football at the time so um we then did a couple of local trials and and the rest of the time was chasing sport but um when we bought our block out out of here at uh, on the irrigation area we started to get back in. There and, and uh yeah sorry we had millie who was uh the only dog we really had left in town and we bred a couple of pups out of her before she passed away and um and uh, we ended up with goalie who um who came to us? Uh, Herb Cooper had moved in the area, and um, he came to one of our training days there at, at Hay one day, and and I spotted her there working in in, in the uh, yard arena. And then uh, next training day a month later, he came and said, uh, "I want to. Uh, I've tried to sell this dog the other day, but uh, the bloke didn't want to pay the money." And I said, "Oh." how much do you want for her and, uh, anyway i couldn't get the money quick enough and i bought her and um <laughs> uh, yeah and she's been yeah she's been about been a good boy and she's bred some pups already and now they're starting to come through now and uh, she's been successful since we've uh, owned her and then we got another dog called uh Ace who's actually bred by a, a driver called Noel ryan and um one of my clients had him as a pup, and uh, he said he didn't want him this, this day, and he said, do you want a pup? And I said, no, not really. And uh, anyway, uh, we were driving some cattle in a, down the laneway, and uh, these three calves were there, and he let him off, and he was only about four months old at the time, and he uh, he raced out and blocked these uh, four calves up, and I said, what's wrong with this dog? And uh, he said, nothing, I just want to get rid of him. And I said, well, chuck him in the ute then. And, uh, yeah he's been a good find as well so
0: absolutely
2: i like, yeah. I, like Ace. I remember him yeah. uh only a few months ago i was like oh he's pretty handy yeah so yeah so yeah, that's how we're going to those two and um yeah just got a younger team of um oh um i bought a colleague that collie owns we called um spuds with uh bianca godson brilliant and um yeah he's starting to come on and uh Got uh, two there by of Millie, uh, Champ and uh, and Jaffa, they're, uh just had their first sort of six months of trolling. Yeah. yeah, so they're only just starting out.
0: And having a mixed camp, mate. What's what? What do you? What What's the theory behind it? Like, is it just a preference on the dog, or is is there anything behind it? Or you just
2: no nothing. I've always, I've always just liked uh, like both. You know, they just have one on. Usually have a collie uh, somewhere, but um, yeah. So that's all it is. Yeah, nah, nothing, uh, it. nothing, racial about it. Uh, <laughs> I
0: love it, mate. I love that you have a mixed camp. That's uh, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Open minded, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, on on that, and having a mixed camp, do you like a team of similar dogs, or do you like a bit of variety in your pack?
2: Oh, look, I, no matter what, if you. If you Try and get them as similar as you can. They, they've all got their weaknesses and strengths, you know. So it it always just seems to work out that way that you end up with a bit of a variety, really. Um, but you're you're trying to go for the the golden trait of um, of your positivity and and um, and you know uh, strength and whatever. But um, uh, it just yeah, those sort of as long as they got the main traits, some of them some have got better cover than others, and some are some are uh, better in the paddock than others, but uh, yeah, try and just stick to those those traits that are, that are going to work for you.
1: So you've obviously worked cattle and sheep and trialled in both. Yeah. What do you think makes a good sheep dog versus a good cattle dog, and then an all rounder, if you think that's possible?
2: Oh uh, yeah, um, yeah. Like a, a good sheep dog. Um, like I said, those traits I was looking for before, um, and a, a, good, a good cattle dog was like the Butcher Hand I said, uh, like he to me he was uh, what I liked in a cattle dog. He was he was calm, cool under pressure, could hold out to the last minute before he had to bite something, and and uh, you know never barked or put cattle in a panic or anything like that. So that to me was a better cattle dog than. Uh, you know, you see, I've been in a lot of cattle trials where dogs over overbite their stock, and then you then you lose them, and they're overworked. You know, so for me, a, a dog that's with a cool mind and and you know can hold his ground and um, uh, only you know only bite if he needs to, and is you know you can really bluff dogs with his with his uh, mental strength, uh, bluff cattle with his mental strength is probably a better dog. You know.
0: And do
2: you believe there's many true all-rounders around? Yeah, there's definitely some all-rounders about. Definitely, yeah. Um, There's definitely a few about still. Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, you'll get, you'll get. um, Like I said, for every uh, for everything you want, there's something turns up that you don't want. So, um, you know, like I said, that you know, the dog's got a lot of presence. He's uh, he's he's good in the yards. He's probably too much for three sheep because he can't work in close, and then, you know you can be good at yard and cattle type of thing, but maybe too much too heavy for three sheep. You know, or you, know, you know the other way around, or they can be really good at three sheep, get around the yards and not strong enough for cattle. So it's, it's hard to get it all right. But yeah, I, I, I reckon I've only ever owned one one all-rounder, Yeah. yeah
1: Yeah. and as a type of dog changed from what you look for now versus when you started
2: not really i was probably um probably like in the early days because we were up in queensland we were looking looking for those ones that worked outside a fair bit more than probably what i do now um but i still don't mind those traits if they turn up but um yeah, I probably add more that could work three sheep up there than what I have now. Yeah, I don't think i would have too many now that can do it
1: properly. Mm-hmm. Um, question here from Karen Higgins. Which do you think is better with sheep or cattle, the collie or the kelpie, and where does the Australian cattle dog fit in?
2: Um, yeah, the Australian cattle dog uh, is, is is pretty good if you got got um, – 'cause they could take a knock a bit more than than your than your sheepdogs. Um and if you've got cattle that are be pretty unruly. Um they can be handy, handy to do that job. But if you want if you want dogs to cast, uh yeah well you need your kelpie and your collie to do that. Um collies are probably more dominant in the in the uh, cattle trailing arena but the Kelpies there's a fair few strains of Kelpies that can hold their own too. Beautiful. Maybe i have that
1: next
0: one there as well. A bit later. Yep, he's on that one. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mate, um, feel. We talk about feel a lot. What What's your interpretation of feel?
2: Feel? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, feel is, is. Um, I reckon, is a dog that can um, feel when a dog is, is a dog that can feel a mob's going to move in a certain direction and be in position to to block that, or he can just be on his feet, and he only has to just move his shoulder or his, you know, or his head just to, and you know, to anticipate what's gonna what's gonna happen next. And that's a feel thing, and and they don't they don't they usually have that, they're right from the word go if they're um if they're natural at it. Yeah.
1: Do you think you can improve on a dog's feel? through training or not really
2: no i think that's just natural yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same same with humans i think you know they got a feel for their stock or they don't yeah yeah well answered
1: and with the increase in auctions over recent years do you think that's good for the industry or not and where do you see it going
2: yeah i feel that uh, it's it's been a great thing for the, the dog industry um it's certainly put a, a value on on dogs and and you know the hard work everyone puts into them. The only uh, thing I can see from the outside is um, is that going forward, um, a lot of people now get a really good dog going, and uh, and they're selling them. And now we're starting to hear in the R dog world, oh, we're not getting many open dogs. And and I think that's a you know. Because of what's going on with the uh, the auction arena, uh, those young dogs aren't staying in the system in the yard dog trialing system, and um, they're getting sold off. and And this is why we're getting these less less open dogs coming through. That's only my opinion, but um, it's it's definitely down the track. I don't think there's any reason to change rules because there's less open dogs coming through. I think um, you know. If you want more open dogs, just let some of your better novice dogs enter up, and you pull know, yeah. your opens that way. But uh, yeah.
1: Do you do you think because people are now moving those good dogs on, do you think that also sees more dogs coming through that maiden novice?
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's why you're seeing those bigger numbers. Yeah. 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 No. And what about the quality of maiden novice dogs? Do
0: you think that's?
2: Uh, I don't think that's changed any. Yeah. So i think once you know that's that's just there's some, the basic platform everyone's putting them in there to try them out and then and then if they think they're worth a bit of money they, then they're going for sale yeah
1: uh questioning back towards we room before about an all-rounder um nikki west has just sent through why do you think we put so much pressure to, um to have a true all-rounder rather than just having multiple dogs that are strong in certain areas
2: Oh, it just seems to be an ultimate goal. of some people to have to have the all rounders, and it's a, and it's a good concept. But um, sometimes you just got to be a realist and say, well, that's what they're good at, and and uh, we're not good at the other ones. So yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's you yeah, know, that's my yeah take on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. And do you
0: breed many pups?
2: Yeah, it would have sort of been one or two litters a year. Um, yeah, we just uh, just breed one this year, and probably have another one soon, and that'll be yeah, you know, that's about all we need to breed a year. And um, yeah, starting am starting to get some pups that that are what we what we're looking for. So, um, which is good. Yeah.
1: And, and what are you considering before um, jo- joining dogs?
2: Um yeah, as long as they got the traits that I'm you know that would like and and then I you know, there's a couple of crosses I've tried within their own camp that that are clicking. So um sort of trying to stick to that yeah, that sort of cross, which is yeah, seems to be working.
0: Well, wow, that's awesome. Mate. Is there anything you'd like to put into your own dogs?
2: Um Oh, well, yeah, some of them have you know, got plenty of force and power but don't have front-on strength. And some have got good front-on strength but don't have the power. So you just switch that up a bit and, uh, you know, um, hope it comes out right the other end. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what do you mean there? Like the force and strength
2: but don't have the power? Like, just. Yeah, you, know, you know, some dogs are strong front-on but they they don't have that that raw power you know when you want that that power to shift shift um bigger mobs you know yeah yeah cool
1: and in your eyes like what makes a good sire and when you're looking at outside sires, what are you looking for trait wise
2: um what makes a good sire is is a sire that throws through to type two He's to his, He's genetically thrown more his way. He's a good sire. Um, you know, it's it's the traits you're chasing or whatever they're chasing. Um, that's a good sire. Some some good dogs and I've had a good a good dog that couldn't throw anything. You know, but yeah. but you know that's a genetic thing we don't yeah. understand. But um, that's a good sire and a good dam's the same. That you know, you can put anything over, and and she always has a good pup. So, um, but uh, yeah, same thing. If I'm looking for outside sire, I'm always just looking for the same same traits we were talking about before. You know, yeah. you know yeah. heading ability. And do yeah. you believe
0: that a, a bitch or a sire has uh, more of an influence over a litter
2: than the other? Um, I, I, I you know, I often see in a litter there'll be definitely some straight of the mother some of the father and some in between, um, man, but if you've got your traits pretty close, you know, that it's not too far apart. Yeah.
1: And are you looking for dogs with similar breeding or just traits you like?
2: I, I'm, I'm all for traits. Yeah. 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 And, and why is that
0: based on uh, rather than the bloodline?
2: Yeah. I, I um, yeah, I've just always like like to play what's in front of me, not what's been in the past. Yeah. That, yeah, that's a leading
0: question because my next question was, "What's your opinion on AI?" Because I, I was from what the way you're going there, I could tell like you like to see a dog and see what's going. So, yeah. well, where, where does AI fit in for Jeff McDougal?
2: Oh, uh, AI be like if you have got a good, real good dog, you think a lot of and you. have You've saved him up, but it's, uh, and it's been one of the better dogs you've had yeah, there. I think it's good to be able to pull that out of the tank and, and use it later. But I'll, I haven't had that luxury yet. But um, um, I, AI-wise, yeah, I, I haven't seen a lot uh, lately that that have you know you see go around the circuit and say, well, that's an AI dog, and it's any better than what's been bred now. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, so you wonder. Don't know what's what. Why? Why that is? But yeah.
1: And how do you go about picking a pup for yourself? And has that changed at all?
2: No, I always like a, I always like a dark-eyed uh, pup, good temperament, and one that's always looking for you. Yeah, I, that's what I like in a pup in a pup pen. Yeah.
1: And why the dark eyes? I
2: always just had a thing for dark eyes. I just like. No. Yeah, I yeah. just think they get on with their stock better yeah any advice for someone wanting
0: to purchase
2: their first dog or, or a puppy mate yeah um yeah i'd definitely yeah, you'd definitely go to a reputable breeder um do your homework and um yeah grab get a get a well-bred pup that's um had a good parents and you're off to a good start you know get a lot of blokes that say that it's too dear to go and buy a pup first up but just it's, it's the best money you'll spend
1: Mm-hmm. and what age do you go about starting a pup
2: about four months i'll give them their first look and um uh, see if they're going to show me what i'm looking for and then you know might show um a fortnight after that a couple of times and generally they uh you know only just put a couple a little bit of basics on them at about eight or eight or nine months you will um uh, just you know, teach them a lead, come to you, um, yeah. that sort of thing. And then once they get to the twelve months old, and they they're showing you what you want to want to see, there, then then we get onto the full on training. Then you know yeah. the start of it anyway.
0: And we touched a bit earlier. One thing that you learned from a dog, and you mentioned, was patience. How uh, how
2: long will you give a pup to start? Ah, uh, you know, I want to be seeing something by six months. Yeah, yeah. 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 And if you're really like a pup but still not
0: seeing what you wanted what you'd like to see work wise, do, do yeah. you flexible or is your line drawn in the sand?
2: Yeah, you sort of you look for little indicators like if they're chasing other dogs or or something like that, that they're wanting to chase or work something. Um, while while they're doing that, you'll get you'll have a bit of hope. But if they're not not showing anything, you know, you um, find someone who wants a pet, really
1: yeah and how much time are you putting into training
2: oh you put a fair bit of time into training especially in um in the summer months you know uh we got a bit more daylight
1: yeah
2: um, yeah do a fair bit of training um we got a good little setup down the back there we uh give them all uh give them all run. yeah
1: and for you is sorry i
0: was just gonna ask what does your training setup look like
2: uh, it's just a, um, a, a big square wire yard. Uh, it's just another a big um, square yard there made out of gate panels. And then and then it's just got a couple of forces of forces into the drench draft. And we've got a truck uh, made like a shearing stand turned make it into a truck. And um, so you can give them all those disciplines before you before your trial. Um, and ramping yeah up, up one corner, so so uh, yeah, so the, that's all we got. Beautiful like a good setup. And um, yeah, so that just whatever whatever an doing you, you take them down and uh, yeah. and work on those things that need to be worked on.
1: Definitely. And what age you normally know, take you start taking your dogs to work or is it a stage that they need to meet for? Before-
2: you take them out with you oh, well, for me, um it's if i'm only doing a drafting job on me like i'm up the front well i'll take a more experienced dog um but if i get the chance to um you know to, to work on big big mobs i'll take a few a few and give them and give them all the run yeah um, especially you know you have a draft seven or eight thousand or something like that that's uh, yeah fair able to work
0: yeah, mate. On on those big those big jobs
2: like that, do you prefer to work your dogs in a race or on the outside of a race? Oh, we're not. This is mainly drafting, really, what I do. So, um, but yeah, I do both, teach them both, um, outside and inside. Um, big days, you'd rather be on the outside because it um, takes a fair bit out of a dog going back through them every day, every part of the day. So um, yeah, treat them both, and they. They pick it up pretty quick.
1: Yeah. Um, question here from Bob Holmgren, who is actually from overseas. Um, how do you encourage confidence and push in a dog?
2: Confidence and push. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for confidence, pups will be around at eight, nine months old. If they can sort of go for a low confidence sort of part use so Usually, you know, um, teach them to nip the you know the nose to. um, to build their strength, uh, build their uh, confidence, front on, and then um, with the uh, if you want to teach them to to, to bark and push, is uh, you know just run a rope through a rail, uh, so you can lead them, pull them back, or let them forward, and um, encourage them to to bark and force, and build their confidence up that way as well. Um, yeah. So, well, so so long as there's not a head looking at them. And um, yeah, so that those sort of two things that I do to build up their confidence. Yeah. So, no,
1: no, no, go, go, go. I was just going to say,
2: how do you go about putting a sit on your dogs? Yeah, I sit, yeah, just on the rope for starters. Yeah. Um, I um, do it a little bit different. I sort of, you know, lean over and put a loud whistle on them and it really hit, makes them go to the ground and. Yeah, feel the feel the noise and um, yeah, do that. Teach them a bit of patience to stay there and uh, walk around and whatever you. And then, then we get in the round pen and teach them to sit there on on stock and. So yeah. that
1: whistle then becomes your stop whistle.
2: Yep. yep, yep, yep. And um, and I think the most important thing is you is you give them that six seconds to stay on the ground. You know, don't don't command them straight away. Don't get off the ground. Otherwise, um you're wasting your time.
1: Yeah. So I know you give a few weekends there to your local uh, working dog club, helping out um, teaching and training and stuff. What are you seeing a lot of handlers struggle with through that and seeing them at trials and um, around your travels? What are you seeing handlers struggle with mostly?
2: Oh, um, we get, we get uh, mostly uh, people that are just starting out that, Sort of the biggest part of our career and then a few yeah. trawlers come up sneak up over the border and and um, <laughs> we just work on a few things like um uh you know dogs tunneling instead of coming back through their sheep properly uh or, or not backing away from them um yeah you know, so we just work through a few of those things to do uh, to get them back properly and and not 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 tunneling yeah so uh yeah we you know that and um and just you know learning to guard your sides you know a fair bit in um trolling because um everyone you know likes to have their dog at 12 o'clock but they forget about the sheep like to break between you and 12 o'clock so um, yeah yeah. get your dog covered on the inside
1: yeah how do you go about teaching that um teaching your dog to back properly and not tunnel
2: yeah, I I basically you know never fill your race tight. Um, you know, it's either when I teach them to back, the, they've either got to be filling the race or unloading the race. So yes. you've got to be constantly putting your sheep through the race. Um, mm-hmm. Biggest fault everyone has is they fill the race up, have it tight, and once the dog goes down, he's got nowhere to go.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. So it, if so long as the sheep are moving past him. And you got him on a lead to start with, and keep his head up. He'll, um, you know, will let will always learn to keep his head up and come back through. But you know, like the old story, you create the situation; it will appear. Yeah. Um, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Is get that one there from Isaac?
1: Yep. Question here from Isaac Allen: um, What would be your number one or two top pieces of advice for someone wanting to start trialing, um, and someone that has never done it before?
2: um yeah definitely um yeah go go to some of these there's a fair few dog skills on there get a get a start there and then um and then your first trial you know like head to a beginner or a novice trial have your first go and and it's not until you have your first go that you really learn what you got to be doing anyway and get past all the nerves and and that so um yeah, that'll be my advice. You learn to train a dog first, then, then, then take it to the trial. But yeah, make sure yeah. it's trained before you go. Is
1: when you say that, is there anything you suggest? You know, having, making sure you've got on your dog before you go out to a trial.
2: Yeah, you must. You must be able. To, you must. You must be able to come when called and and sit on command. Yeah, that, that are probably the two most important things. Not, yeah. not be out of control. Yeah.
0: Absolutely mate. And how long have you been trialing for, Jeff?
2: No, thirty-three years.
0: Yeah, right. And and why do you why do you trial?
2: Why thirty-three years, mate? That's a great stint. What keeps you going? Oh, just the um mainly uh yeah, the competition, but the uh, the you know the camaraderie really, you yeah, know, the friendships you build over the years and um, yeah, that's my that's that's the main thing, really. Yeah. And you know you're meeting like like-minded people. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a good sport.
1: Definitely. And you've obviously had to go at all types of trialing. Do you have a favorite?
2: I oh, yeah, definitely. Yard dog trialing. Yeah. 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 Um, and why trialing, mate? Yeah, I just, I, I just like the, um, the positivity of it. And, um, you yeah, know, the, the, you know, you've got to, what they say it's like, uh, one day cricket and Test cricket, you know, it's. Yeah. I'd rather go to one day cricket. Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't mind a twenty twenty myself, mate. That's it. And uh, mate, do you believe that trial being around and yeah, you know, all over the country and all different kind of formats of trialing, do you believe that trialing still simulates some type of real work scenarios?
2: Um. Yeah, I'd, yeah. There's definitely with the drench races and and especially yard dog trialing. Yeah. It still simulates what what you got to do at home, but um, if anything, um, you know, I'd like to. The old days when I started most trials, I remember going to the New South Wales at Armidale, and there was twenty five sheep in the novice and in the open. Yeah, right. So, yeah, so that you know that that if you want to make it like home, just add more sheep.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) definitely. Um do you have a favourite
2: trial? Not really. No. Yeah. Not really, yeah. Just if you're right. sorry, Gay. Yeah, no, no, just yeah, they're all they're all pretty well run these days and mm-hmm.
0: yeah. How far are you prepared to travel for a trial these days, mate?
2: Oh, for a championship, North Australian or state championship I'm prepared to travel. Um, but yeah, we don't do they too far for the rest we might you know three or four hours yeah
1: do you get nervous at all and if so how do you handle them
2: yeah we used to get really nervous in the early days um but the only time i was get nervous these days is when I'm, when I'm at the big ones i get i <laughs> get nervous yeah. on a couple of runs yeah but um, yeah. but the main thing is to handle your nerves i think is get to get your thought process going that as you get to an obstacle start Talking yourself through what you, you know, what you got to do. Um, yep. Yeah, to get, you had know, to get in position. Which way I'm going to send the dog? Just that takes your mind off it. Yeah.
0: You must have been nervous over the last couple of years, mate, because you've had some pretty good achievements there.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I've managed to help hold me nerves those days. Yeah. <laughs> Is there one that sticks out for you? Um. Oh no they're both, they're, they've all yeah they've all been like, you know, the last three have been pretty good uh pretty good wins to to have um um the, you know the dogs are fired on the day and it's um yeah no it's been a been a good feeling yeah
0: you've been pretty humble mate talk us through the three of them
2: <laughs> yeah well golly was um golly golly yeah uh, when she won the one over and um at, uh, the first one in south australia she uh you know, it was her day she was the only one that could sort of really pick up the mob and and steer it like they were pretty wild young years and she was the only one that sort of could grip them and bring them dead straight and and the judges were sort of going pretty hard on on that part of the trial and it's a really big arena so that was her her time to shine there and um yeah and we got got to the final and the uh there was only six going on the truck and you think six get six off a truck would be pretty easy but it was the only part of the trial where they were uh, you had to drive them away from home and and the six sheep just didn't want to come off of that truck and you know lucky she had the grunt to, to get him off and yeah that was a that was a savior in the fall and um yeah Ace I at uh then he um he only won his first open two weeks before <laughs> and um he uh yeah that day uh the, the second run when he got a 95 that was his um that was one of his better runs and that was the you know the one that sealed it and uh he got he got a 92 in the in the final and uh yeah that was enough to hang on um he had a really good run in that uh at Lucendale. this year he uh he we qualified and uh he got in there uh, the first morning of the of the south australian and put a 92.3 and then led by 10 points all day and and still led by 10 by the end of it so he, he his first his first run was a really real cracker in the third that was it,
0: that was, oh, was it? Yeah. oh i got stuck in the second Fine. i missed the third one <laughs> sorry mate and uh my, obviously you've had success there right you've traveled everywhere you've done it all. And we hear the debate. Trial dogs don't make work dogs. What's Jack
2: from the say? Yeah, well, the, um, my, my answer to that is that you that you've obviously haven't had a, a good trial dog. Yeah. If you reckon they're not going to make a work dog, you obviously have an own one. <laughs> yeah. Short and sweet. I think
1: that I oh, love it, mate. Great, yeah. great
0: answer. You are reckon, though?
1: Um, a couple of questions here. Tom Brody has asked, how do you approach getting confidence back into a young dog? If it gets a knock or loses confidence during training or at work?
2: Yeah. Like I said before, you got to just build on that confidence, um, front on the starters and, and lot of, lots of encouragement and, um, and, you know, do a lot of, um, just call him call him to you and, and, and reward him. So he, he he wants to come to you. And he wants you know build his confidence back with you as well, um, and uh, just keep working on that until you'll gradually build up, you know, build his confidence up. If if he's had it before, he'll will it'll come back to him. But he's got to get confidence in you as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then another question here from Daniel Pumper: Have you changed the way you handle stock from being up north to being in the southern country?
2: Oh, because because I don't work on farm anymore, you know, I, I have because I just, all I do is yard work. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. And another question here from Dane West, what do you look for in a trial when reading your stock? I.e. do you look for a leader, etc.?
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely um, look for a leader um, and, uh, you know, be prepared to take a few risks like um, you know if they're heading into a corner um, get your dog in there as quick as you can and get him back out and that'll bend them out of the corner before you you know you got them stuck in the corner you know a few things like that um, sometimes yeah, no guts no glory if you just got to take the risk sometime uh, yeah. if it doesn't come off well it's not your day <laughs> yeah. Do you think some trailers
0: approach um, courses too safe?
2: these days oh no that's that's happened for, for years some some people are ultra safe and yeah yeah and, and others aren't um and and what do you, you go when judge oh sorry okay. i to say, like, well, one of the one of the most positive trialers i can remember is michael johnson and um and also steve condell he was very positive as well and um and those bikes, uh, they just attacked it and and, uh, yeah, and it would come off, you know. You had to, you had to chase them, you know. So I always sort of built me re- built around those what those bikes used to do, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: And when you're judging a, a trial, mate, what what are you looking for? You're looking for positive work, what flow, what what is it that?
2: Yeah, yeah. Mainly, I'm looking for yeah you know, positive work, uh, flow. Um, you know, I like to shorten the clock. Um, like, you know, I like people to, you know, get on with the job, um, do it in an in efficient manner. Um, it makes you, um, uh, set your stock up better. And, um, you know once you've, once you've, um, uh, you got, you know, get to the drench race, you want, you know, you want positive the back in dogs, you want dogs that are going to, um, get come back for their stock and, and fill it in one hit. Um, and um, one the, one bugbear I do have with um with uh, like a like a draft whatever, you get some of these drafts we get now I got a like a V shape, which is you know probably designed yeah. for at home, but it's not designed to fit a dog in there. And um and you get a lot of jamming and well provided the dog keeps coming up and uh, moving those stock, um, I won't be pointing him because I'll take the obstacle into into account. Yeah. Um but you know, if you're going to stand back and pray, uh, you'll be losing points because yeah. you're not having a go. So yeah, that's you know that's probably one one that uh, I do when I'm judging. Yeah, that uh, work on just uh, yeah being positive. Great advice, mate. Yeah.
1: And is there anyone you'd like to see come on Dog Talk for a chat?
2: I reckon you should get Chris Ellis. Yep. Oh, yeah. Cool. Let's write that one down.
1: (laughs) Perfect. Dean?
0: Good. Yeah, I'll get that written down. Mate, it's come to that time of night. Was there a question that um, stood out for you tonight? Laura's going to write it down so we can actually read her writing. Um, Was there a question that stood out for you uh, tonight? And uh, that person will win a bag of Enduro Plus high energy food for working dogs with real kangaroo meat.
2: Yeah, was it uh, who was the one I asked about Troll and Dane West, was it? Yes, yep. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yes, Dane, the bloody maiden, he comes up with his first
0: question and wins a bag of dog food. How about that? And the beauty is he didn't even write the question. It's from him, but his missus wrote it for him, so <laughs> you might have to split that with her. But uh, Dane, uh, mate, and Nicky, if you guys just want to reach out with some details, you've got a bag of Enduro coming your way. Um, Jeff, also bag, our good friends Enduro Enduro um, have uh, a bag of dog food coming your way as well for being uh, a guest tonight. Thank you. Beautiful.
1: No, thank, thank you, mate. Thanks for jumping on tonight, Jeff. It's been a great chat and all of our viewers and uh, listeners on the podcast, thank you for listening. One but last question. You don't question. get away that easy. <laughs> um, would you rather fight one duck the size of a horse or 20 horses the size of ducks?
2: I'd rather fight the duck.
1: Yep. Why's that?
2: Doesn't have teeth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that one.
2: <laughs> awesome.
1: <laughs> Everyone's got such a different answer. It's so cool.
0: Yeah, that is. But thanks again. Once once again, thank you, mate. I uh, appreciate your time. Uh, and to everyone out there, please remember we learn every day. And the day we stop learning will be a sad one for all of us.
1: Thanks, Jeff.
2: All right. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Goodbye.